Mark My Words shares Mark Homer's contrarian views on investing, business, finance, economics, and all things money. Mark interviews the world's most successful business, finance, and money experts, as well as imparting his knowledge in a factual, direct, and no-nonsense manner. Welcome to Mark My Words. Morning. Hi, everyone. Far away. Who's got the first question? Hi, what's your name? Hi, it's Pete. Hi, Pete. Hi, Pete. Uh, how easy is it, or how difficult is that? Yeah. If you wanted to try to raise the value of a certain area, yeah. improving the area, not just the individual buildings, but a few buildings around the area to, to draw the value up around it, you know, to expand maybe an area out. Okay, so um, developers often do this when they you know they'll develop i don't know a, a largest site and they'll do all the infrastructure all the sort of road network landscaping you know street furniture the whole lot all, and then that will lift the values doing it on an individual property by property basis i've never seen anyone achieve that um you're in sheffield yeah no and um all the old industrial buildings are being converted yeah. They are being knocked down and the land is being bought. Converted into residential. Into residential. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. I think with a lot of that sort of stuff, it 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 needs for them all to actually get developed for it to, for it to you know, and a lot of the time that takes years and years, doesn't it? Uh, unless somebody... Yeah, or some, exactly. Sometimes a council might do a compulsory purchase order and do the whole lot, or a developer does the whole lot, and then that will sort of drive it up. But sort of expecting that to happen... And for individuals to buy them, it can take, or it could take decades, you know, it could take, I don't know, because I don't know the area, but um, certainly here, there are, I can think of two industrial warehouse type buildings, sorry, offices that are surrounded by warehouses, and they use, they've used permitted development rights in the middle of an industrial estate to convert them into apartments. Is it a bit like that? Yeah, yeah, that's happened, well, it's happened on one around here. And I was I, I bid on it, and it was cheap. I mean, it's fifty thousand square foot, which is, um, if you think of these two buildings, the these that's about ten times bigger than these two buildings, um, and it and it was I could have bought it for four hundred and fifty grand round here in the middle of an industrial estate. Yeah, I um, I think it's a long shot expecting to drag the values of a load of industrial up around it because um, those guys could be in there for years and there'll be other uses and all that sort of stuff. Um, I, I was a bit concerned because A, the value and B, will I let it or, you know, what? So actually it got completed and I'd say the sales value is about 20% less than a normal residential area. So if you do your numbers on, you know, that sort of basis, then, um, and it still works, then, then do it. And then... Uh, yeah, and then there's a bit of hope value. Maybe it happens. Maybe it, you know, there's a good chance it won't happen. And and no bank's going to lend on the basis of that maybe happening. So um, so 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 do it on that basis. These guys have done really well out of it. They've actually sold these units to investors. So yeah, there's there's quite a big opportunity there, isn't there? Do you see any changes in in development coming in the future? Yeah, they're, they're talking about air rights on the top of buildings and and retail buildings. Um, Apparently Boris is consulting on more stuff at the moment with the housing minister, but I, 
they don't seem to be coming out with much detail at the moment. I suspect he's got a few other things on his plate. <laughs> yeah. I watched that interview yesterday. He looked rather stressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think air rights on the top. Retail. Yeah. It's not necessarily a good thing, though. I, For me, I'd rather retail doesn't become permitted development because for conversion to residential because at the moment I can buy that stuff for the right price because it requires planning consent and most people view that as risky and difficult um, and when there's permitted development rights on retail then it'll be like offices they'll all be swarming in and the values will go like that and it'll be hard to make them work yeah so don't always see it as a good thing but it will be in industrial areas because you'd never be able to convert that otherwise who's next Hi. Hi, Jamie. I'm looking at doing what one of my friends calls shops and uppers. Yes. Buying shops yes. and then converting the space above yes. to HMOs or flats. Yeah. Are there any sort of general tips you could give me on making that transition to the next level up or profit margin I should be looking for? Anything you can help yeah, me? so, I mean, you know, you, you really need to end up with a, a margin, I'd say, on cost. It couldn't be any lower than 20% once you're you know at the end so that might be 30 when you start looking yeah um i you know if you just i think it's a couple of units you can do with permitted development so it might be on your early ones it might be a good idea to go with the smaller i think it's two units convert them permitted development it's a bit easier but sometimes obviously you have to pay more for those so of course it depends it's all in how much you buy it for isn't it if you buy it cheap enough then you can almost um, go through this whole, I don't know, university degree with making all the mistakes through the project and come out the other end all right if you've got it cheap enough. Um, that's my attitude to these things. Um, so, yeah, that's how, that's how I'd view that. Um, if you're going to do bigger ones, often with retail, light is a challenge. Um, I've had that. From a challenge from a planning point of view? Yeah. I suppose both. Um, you know, often retail, they're very deep floor plates because as with, as with um, well, less so with offices, but it can be with offices, you know, you, you can just have artificial light in the centre of the building, whereas with apartments, that's from a planning perspective, that's not allowed. So usually all living rooms kitchens and bedrooms must have natural light so they need to be around the edges so you need to find ways of either you take the slab out or if your local council allow sort of atriums put those in um you know sometimes roof lights but it, it, it very much dependent on your local planning authority so actually the first place i'd start is with a really good planning consultant i'd try and get um I'd try and get a local one if if you can't um, David Kemp is really good. Um, go to the local authority with the units that you're looking at and say, I want to convert the uppers and then see what they say. Once you've got a model rolling, you can. they'll usually do the same thing over and over throughout the town centre, which is what I quite like. So that will give you a model for others for the future. Um, and then obviously you need to team up with the local builder to get an idea of broad brush build costs yeah all right who's next hi hi what's your name liam hi liam 
How are you finding the market purchasing at the moment? Uh, last year we were easily being able to buy sort of our single let stuff at a good price. Yeah. Plenty on the market. The last sort of six months, I'd say the stuff that's on the market seems to be going for strong money. Even at auctions, I mean, where we used to buy probably 50% of our stuff, it's just gone mad. Has it? Where, whereabouts are you? Telford, yeah. Okay. Um, I haven't bought anything for six months, um, but obviously I talked to a lot of people and um, I, I don't know. I mean, it depends where you are and what, what, what you're going at. I had two or three people saying, I don't know, maybe a week ago that I'm getting loads of deals. Deal flow's really good at the moment. Um, I think it really sort of improved, you know, those weeks before no deal, <laughs> end of October. Um, I think that that screwed a lot of the sales up for everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think you need to, if you if you're finding that, look at your supply lines. Yeah. yeah. So more agents. Yeah. Are you buying houses, flats? What are you trying to buy? Yeah. I think you need more agents. You need to um, probably eat. do you leaflet. No. Yeah. I'd I'd put ten thousand out in each sort of area that you buy in every, every month. You need to do it for at least six months. The best deals we ever bought were leaflets through the door, which sidesteps agents. Um, yeah, they're the main two. You just gotta go harder at those. And then you'll find in that area that it'll come off a bit. Um, it just, yeah. They're each, they're each, they've each got their own little idiosyncrasies, haven't they? London, I think London's turning, you know, the residential. I think it's, it reached its bottom, um, you know, so it's, it's not... Maybe it's still quiet, but um, it's an example of, you know, something that has been a lot quieter for the last three years than somewhere like Telford, where there's... It's like a big council estate, isn't it? It's a bit like Peterborough. Yeah. You've got stacks of them, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. How many... Do you know how many you've got? Do you know how many you got, ex-council houses? Oh, streets and streets. Yeah, we've got 10,000 here. Yeah. 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 They're, they're good. They're, they're, I think they're the best ones. All those, I haven't got any on the walls, but those ugly, uh, yeah, they're built really well. Yeah, this is my favourite stuff. I'm buying a house around here for rent. It's, yeah, best thing. I've been offered a lot of money. Well, offered a lot of money for what? To invest. I've got a lot of people saying. Okay. X, X amount of cash. Well, you, you, people in England, UK. Yeah, guys I know, local ones, JV stuff, wanting to get a bit more returns. Yeah. They're getting no interest return on Yeah. Like, How many agents have you got? That we speak to regularly. Yeah. Everyone in the area. Yeah. yeah. Do you go and sit in front of them? Go and sit in front of them. So, so to try and get every single one, sit in front of them once every two weeks, yeah. and champagne and. You know, try and get them out and just get them pissed. Um, <laughs> that works. Um, you need to have really strong relationships with them because they're they're having deals, but they're they're going to in certain directions. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I do. Leaflets and agents. Yeah. I would, but don't, when you don't get any results for three months, don't stop. Yeah. Just keep rolling. They've got to have the leaflet through the door at least three or four times. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Ranjit. Very similar question to that, but um, so I gave up work six months ago. Yeah. Um, and went to property and investment. But I have a side business as a planning consultant. Oh dear, yeah. And what we're finding is I'm getting a lot of calls from people looking at commercial buildings to convert, either PD or through planning. 
What we're finding is that the owners want too much money for. Yeah. Aware of it's a complete pain in the ass. You mean the, the stuff that, that... It's all about your supply lines, isn't it? Yeah. So it's having better agents who can get stuff cheapish. Uh, it's about looking at a whole stack of stuff, looking at loads and loads of units, um, because the more you look at, Every now and again, they'll they'll measure one wrong. They'll and a, a clever owner goes, "Oh yeah," the agent goes, "Oh, let's get an architect involved and get, draw up some lovely plans, and then we'll sell it with permitted development rights." And, and invariably, they get any old architect in who does really big units that are in you know an inefficient use of space. So it's a poor scheme. So. That can be quite good when you spot one of those because then obviously you can redraw it, make the units a lot more efficient and smaller and get more units out of it. Um, um, what have I had? Yeah, ones that don't understand how to convert above. So light, you know, one, one that I bought, they'd put a gym scheme on, on the first floor, couldn't see how you could do residential, didn't know how to get the light in. Um, it's stuff like that, but you've got to look at 20 to find that one. Um, that's how I usually end up finding them. It, anything where there's hordes of investors already on it, hordes of people, looks really attractive. Often it's got permitted development rights uh, available. Um, the agent's good and, and good at marketing. Um, <laughs> you don't want those. You, you, you know, you, you just want those guys when you're selling stuff. What, you want to be buying stuff off the laziest, most inept one that can't market, that has told the owner that there's a, load of, there's a couple of shit non-existent uses and, and, and the building's worth four-fifths of bugger all. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, they're the ones you want. And there's always a few crusties in every town, aren't there? Do you know what I mean? The surveyory types who... You know, she can't really be bothered. Well, they can be good as well, yeah. You just let them know it all, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, the commercial ones, they're a bit more... I mean, the boo still works, isn't it, taking them out, but the, I'd say the residential sort of non-qualified young lads and, I don't know, lady, you know, you can sort of get them on the go a lot easier, can't you? Um the Severi types, it just takes a bit more time, doesn't it? A bit more trust. Yeah. Hi. The one job my husband is adamant that he, nobody can do apart from him, which I know is rubbish. Sorry, I'm sending him an audio at this. I'll, I'll edit that bit out. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's specifically, he just seems to be getting bogged down. We've got quite a lot on the go at the moment. We've got 16 different projects on the go. Oh, nice. 16? 16. That'd explode my brain yeah so what what are what are you doing you're buying individual properties yeah we're doing yeah for yourselves mainly or well, mixture we're, we're just starting to buy for ourselves so just so you need someone to do all the paperwork and and run basically run the yeah i know exactly what you mean um yeah, it's about finding that that right person um i found a lady she uh, she started with us probably 10 years ago and she had her own portfolio and she'd got experience as working as a manager in the court and she had uh, also worked at a letting agency and obviously I've 
been through quite a, I've had quite a lot of PAs as well, proper, you know, qualified PAs. And actually no one knows more about this stuff and can just do all this stuff than her because she's done it all for her own portfolio. So, but, but she's got all that sort of, it's not corporate, but it, it's very sort of regimented in the court and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I'd, I, I'd go for a solicitory type or I don't know, maybe an accountant, but with property knowledge or maybe someone who's worked, you know, like in a a commercial, uh, maybe residential, but, you know, or, you know, in in an estate agency doing the paperwork or the administration or, you know, maybe a a mortgage broker's assistant or or a manager or maybe, um, yeah, someone who's been doing conveyancing, that, that sort of stuff. Much better if they've, had their own portfolio yeah. yeah that that's what i would look for yeah it's so consuming isn't it yeah it, yeah yeah we had um she ended up managing two buyers buying that stuff all day um and another assistant who was doing the paperwork um and then you know one or two others sort of helping out um yeah and we, i think we were buying maybe six a month something like that and that's and then we I had to buy it, get a system to run them all, uh, which we had built called PIM, which just I mean it's pretty basic, but it was based on access. Yeah, it took us three years to get it anywhere near. It, you know when they're off the shelf, there's so much that they might not be right, exactly right for what you want, but so much less hassle. Um, developing software is seriously expensive. I mean this only cost us ten fifteen grand, but it looks like it. You know. Um, we got a grant to do it as well. I can give you the guy that did it, um, and he'd probably just take our system and then modify it a little bit for you, which is fine. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, um, I, you know, to manage the properties, clearly there are loads because there are loads of letting agents would use CFP Winman. Um, but to actually buy them and do what you're talking about, and, and ours was based around single lets only. Um, so it would need modifying for those purposes. Yeah. I, I, over the years, I just end up with a lot of spreadsheets. Yeah. My developments, you know, the development appraisals, whatever, cause it's constantly changing and moving and I, I just can't be bothered to get them in and recode all the software and give them another 10 grand, you know? There's, there's basically no easy magic bill, is there? I'm probably not, not for that. No, well, your individual, the right person is your magic bullet. Yeah. Um, but you're going to have to go through a couple, maybe kiss a couple of frogs until you find the right one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, the need to come out of a sort of pretty regimented, you know, diligent background, you know. Mm-hmm. But don't then again, don't go and get an accountant with no property knowledge or because mm-hmm. that would be even worse. Go and find someone who's already in property doing that sort of stuff, but working, doing that, and has got a lot of years' experience, and maybe managing other people because he or she is probably going to need to bring others in. Hi. Hello. Um, can you see any new legislation coming out uh, that's going to disrupt the uh, market at all? Like, I, I saw it's been just like rakes of it, hasn't there? About, yeah. Um, about the uh, the Airbnb, obviously they were talking about serviced accommodation, but on the news they don't call it that. But they just call it the Airbnb, don't they? What was it? What did they say? What were they talking about? Something about putting 
more legislation in because there's a hell of a lot of the Yeah. Accreditation was nothing. Yeah, yeah. Some some kind of new legislation. Yeah. I mean, I I haven't heard anything specific with serviced accommodation or furnished holiday lettings, as HMRC would refer to it as. I the trouble is with news stories like that. The presenter doesn't know what they're talking about, and the person who's written it often doesn't. Um, so you just get a load of garbled. You know what I mean? And you need to go back and look at what it is they're trying to refer to. Do you see what I mean? To, to work out. Um, so the only, the only thing I've seen with that is um, I saw a planning appeal where a council said, you can't use that flat as C3. Um, it's C or, or, or the use as service accommodation. It's not C3, it's C1. So you require planning consent. But, did you see that? I, yeah, but when I read it, I was like, "Shit, this is pretty bad." But everyone just seems to ignore have ignored it, and um, everything just seems to be carrying on. Um, there's something else in the legislation in around London. You you're only allowed. There is specific legislation stopping it um, for any more than three months of the year. But of course, there's an argument to say that why is that re legislation required if the use isn't C3 in any event. Do you see what I mean? Um, so other legislation, wider stuff. Um, Section 21, you're not going to be able to evict and the Conservatives are going to do it, they say as well. Don't know how long it'll take. We've got all this Brexit nonsense that's going to continue. So a lot of this gets delayed, but um, you're not going to be able to evict tenants um, for any reason. You, you're going to have to, it'll have to be for non-payment of rent or misusing the property or something like that. Um, the what else licensing there's probably just going to be more selective or additional licensing maybe in your area as well don't know what they've got at the moment and more enforcement they're sending more money to the, the councils to do that um there is a lot of leasehold changes so um leasehold flats the ground rent's going to be set at zero for new ones uh, it's not at the moment, uh, and I'm trying to get some started before that starts. It's actually units that I own, and I'll be paying the ground rent, but I just want to solid solidify the value of that ground rent in the future for the future. Uh, leasehold houses are banned already. Um, Do something about foreign investor money. Yes, stamp duty. Um, Three percent additional stamp duty for. I'm pretty sure they're companies held in a, a foreign jurisdiction with a foreign personality I think and again it's not you know it's a bit vague but it says three percent additional which I take to mean three percent on top of the existing three percent surcharge for second homes and investment um, in addition to the normal rate of stamp duty so that could be well it could be seven percent on the whole lot could be ten percent could be 50, you see what I mean so but that doesn't mean if you've got a foreign investor that they because you could set a UK company up and yeah and if you're a shareholder as well so I wouldn't worry about that that's just what that's for is you know all these nasty people buying big houses in Kensington and leaving them empty uh, it's quite they're quite an easy target aren't they uh, so um, yeah there's that 
can't, can anyone think of anything else? HMO. HMO, so what, council tax? Yeah, so that, that um, so what happened with that was the, I think the VOA got some case through basically saying that each room is a separate hereditament and therefore um, if you've converted, done major conversion works including structural changes to a house and or put en-suites in and definitely if you put en-suites and kitchenettes in then the VOA can band each room separately which usually means council tax band A. Um, most areas still aren't doing it, they don't do it in this local authority area but neighbouring ones they are doing it. Um, so yes it's, it's, it's annoying but if you you can each room you can apply for or you, you can say there's only one person living in it so you get a discount of 25% on each room so I've looked at some of the blocks we're doing and <clears throat> yeah it puts the council tax up maybe a third to 50% something like that yeah so that's annoying I'm not sure there's much I don't, I don't think there's much you can do to stop it well keep them out that's the way you stop it I used to keep them out by not licensing anything and doing everything over two floors which meant it wasn't licensed but now I've had to license everything because the law changed that changed last a year ago October 17 so you've got to license all HMOs five or more you know if there's five or more people in them it's <clears throat> pretty crafty when it comes to putting a kitchenette in while yeah. a kitchenette it makes it look like even though it's fixed furniture it calls it a snack station yeah yeah so it, it so I'll tell you where the line is there if there's no if there's a sink if there's no sink yeah then um, yeah I mean it doesn't have to have a, a, what it used to be if you put a, a kitchenette in and a bathroom that's a separate, separate it's a studio flat and that was always clear you'd have individual council tax band A on that room studio flat so what you did was take the sink out and then there, there aren't the means for independent living you've got to then use the well that's the thing right? you just do a bigger a bigger basin in the ensuite with a tap don't you and just tell them they can use that um, but that that was the way around it but this 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 sort of drives a coach and horses through that um, yeah if you go on the VOA website it's it's all there unfortunately yeah it's bloody annoying can't think of any other legislation there must be loads but my mind's gone blank can anyone think of anything else to get rid of the rogue landlords <laughs> it'll affect all the landlords and probably not the rogue ones but that's what we're targeting the rogue landlords yeah section 24 the effect of that I don't know if it's fully implemented yet so you need to buy unlimited companies to get around that hi what's your name hi Lola um I've got a director vendor property yeah and um, I've got a little bit of idea outside project but I just want to find out from you as well. Basically um, the vendor uh, turned the property into to you know, split it up without consent. The vendor, yeah, okay. So They've made it into apartments, have they? Yeah, two yeah. apartments. A long time ago? Did the council know? Yeah. What, what, do you, what do you think the two flats are worth with planning permission if everything was normal? It should be going to about... Yeah. So, 
uh, and you need to, you want to buy it, do you? Yeah. Um, but with a mortgage, yeah. So it, it, it's quite difficult to buy that with a mortgage. You know, most solicitors will say, well, you know, where's the planning consent? Some solicitors might might miss it or turn a blind eye. You could say there's established use or whatever. Um, but I think a, a purchase at that level, most of them are, or the lenders maybe going to ask the question if they definitely if, if there's two solicitors the lender's going to get or that the lender solicitor is going to check yeah uh check the planning consent if you've got one solicitor often i used to use a lady and often she'd just go oh it's established use isn't it and you'd end up heard, yeah and i bought a few things like that which was fine because what, what what you're doing here you, you're trying to get it to four years so four years of continuous use um it's not listed, is it? Is it, is it a pretty building, old building? No. So um, after four years of continuous use, it's immune to enforcement action. So the council can't do anything about it as long as the tenants have been using it, uh, you know, both of them, you know, for uh, as an apartment for four years or more. You need to be able to prove that. Um, so she's got quite a big problem in that if she tries to sell it to anyone, then more than 95% of the time, the solicitor's just gonna tell the lender, it's not gonna happen, it's not gonna go through. So she needs to give a, a, a really good discount. And um, obviously to buy it at 1.5 or 1.6 is pointless. Um, might try and buy it from for a million, do you know what I mean? And is, is she negotiable on that basis? Uh, she's open to yeah. Has she tried, how long has she been trying to sell it for? Uh, about six months. Yeah, and it, has she had some failed sales on it? Yeah. Yeah. And this, Actually, no, she's too scared to go forward. Yeah, why, because this list isn't everyone else has told her. She's, yeah. she's about to be thrown in prison for the rest of her <laughs> life. And Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do, don't they? they go, so, oh, my God, look what she's done. It's unlawful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if we try to, I can babysit the place for us. Yeah. And all this stuff. And we can just turn into HMO. Yeah. And we take off some of the stuff. So it's not like youth has. What, so you, you turn it back from two flats to one big HMO? Yeah, one big HMO. All right. But there's a lot of cost in doing that, isn't there? Did she get yeah. building regulations when she converted it? Did no. she? Oh, no. Nothing. Oh, an added dimension. <laughs> <laughs> oh right she's a real naughty then yeah because yeah. not getting planning consent is like it's a bit of a game but yeah. building regulations you've got to do that and you've got to do all the fire and everything like that That's what yeah yeah you've got to do all that stuff yeah so because because what we're talking about here you know planning not getting planning permission whilst that's unlawful it's not a criminal offense and um lots of developers would just see that as a risk of business do you know what I mean some things won't have planning but after four years with a building like that or ten with every other building it becomes normalized it's not an issue um, it's a risk but yeah it, that's one less thing that you've got to use to prove to the council that you had four years worth of continuous use but there are other things you can give them to prove that it's had the continuous use but not complying with build the building regulations and um, i.e. 
fire, you know, fire doors, making sure the escape routes are right and all that. It's a criminal offence, and if if someone gets hurt, then you know, and there's just loads of, it's, it's you really shouldn't do that. Um, so, um, it's just got to be really cheap, hasn't it? It's got to be really, really cheap because what you need to do is get um, a building. Don't get the council one in, but you need to get a local approved inspector, someone like Quadrant we'd use around here, tell him what's happened, um, say to him what we, works do we need to do to get it to pass the latest building regulations, edition 2000 and don't know what it is, 19, whatever, yeah? Um, so there'll be a load of works there that need doing, yeah? Um, and, um, yeah, and then obviously if you can find a lender or maybe some bridging or something like that that will take it on, or a solicitor that's willing to accept its established use, yeah? You could potentially purchase it. It's sort of thing I'd maybe purchase if it was cheap enough, yeah? So I'd maybe want it for a million quid, and that's a million including all the works you need to do to get it to the right standard, yeah? Then, yeah. Yeah, but you need to put it back. I wouldn't trust her to do it because she's already proven what. <laughs> yeah, she's already proven what she thinks of building regulations. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd, I don't know. Maybe that's eight hundred or nine hundred or whatever. And then what you'd look to do is purchase it and then run it for another potentially two years, and then after that, you know, re re remortgage it. Yeah. Um, you need to establish that there is good evidence, tenancy agreements, affidavit from other people around showing that it was used as two flats continuously for those two years, yeah? Um, and then when it gets to the four-year point, I'd, I'd try and, yeah, refinance it, show a solicitor all the evidence. Often you can get indemnity insurance, um, and that will say, if you go and tell the council, the insurance is void, yeah? Um, some lenders will say you have to apply for a certificate of lawful use, which is immediately alerting the council as to what's gone on. Um, so I, that's what I'd probably try and do, run it for another two years with all the evidence, yeah, but make sure the building regulations and all the fire's done. You've got to run it for two years. Yeah. Four, it must be four years yeah. of continuous use from the start of the use, yeah. So four years if you run it for two yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. After that, you cannot approach the council without being... If you're absolutely sure that all of your evidence shows that it's got four years worth of continuous use, and I'd get a planning consultant to check your documentation, i.e. ASTs for the period, bank statements showing the rent's gone in, um, affidavit from people around, you know, who live around saying it's been two flats for at least four years. Obviously, you can't go to the council tax. Utilities, potentially, showing it's split. Um, and any other evidence, if you think that's strong enough, then go to the council. If it isn't, obviously, they're going to go, oh, yeah, application denied. Now you can apply for retrospective planning consent. You see what I mean? But obviously then you say, yeah, fine. That might take another year. And so it's actually, they can't, they've got to put the enforcement notice in within the four years, yeah? So it's a game of trying to push that back, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, if the lender finds out, they're not going to do it. 
Yeah. Best yes, exactly. If you can buy that cash and run it, that's the sort of thing I would do. And I'd just get the fire and the building regs sorted. Um, yeah, and then just think of your fallback position. You, they may make you apply for planning concern. If it has to go back as a house, or you could convert it to a house, C3, six bedrooms. Just think of your fallback. As long as you're going to be all right like that, then you could do it, couldn't you? But stuff like that, you can make a lot of money out of if you navigate it. Eight bed. Well, you need, why, how, you need planning consent to go above six, usually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's big enough to put eight bedrooms in. Yeah, yeah so you, you'd need to apply for planning permission to make it eight, yeah. Remember also, if you make it eight and not six, you can't just run it for four years, you've got to run it for ten, because it's not C3, it's sui generis. And sui generis, any, any change of use to sui generis, is not established use and not immune to enforcement action until 10 years have elapsed. You, you see what I mean? The four year rule is just for changes of use to C3, which is a single dwelling house or flat, yeah? All right. Hi. Yes, uh, residential institution. Yeah. Non-residential that's it, sorry, yeah. So it is a one-bedroom flat over a dental surgery. Okay. And the original idea. So it's an it's part it's ancillary use to the it's dental surgery. One. One yeah. The flat, but it's a flat above and a dental surgery down below. And and it, they're not split. They they are split. Yeah, you got separate entrances. Uh, now it will need a change of use planning application to turn it back into C three to turn it into two two bedroom flats, which is what we were looking at all along. But uh, Joe gave me the idea. Why, why do you think it's definitely D1 if it's properly split? I've got a uh, reply from the planning uh, committee about it. And they said, they said that it will be D1 and D1 will override the flat. So you might want to get a planning consultant to look at it because they often, they're wrong, just quite simply. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, it could be an ancillary use and if especially if there's not a separate entrance, but it sounds like there is a separate entrance. Yeah, it's an entrance at the back for the flat, but it goes up a stairwell and then into the flat. And then the dental... And the, the stairwell is... Inside the building. Yeah. Separate from the downstairs. Yeah, so you can enter the downstairs dental surgery. And, back, and then the flat you can enter just at the back, into a door and then up the stairs. Into but the you don't have to go through the dental surgery to get there. Okay, it might be C3 anyway, yeah, okay. Don't have to split title, it's not relevant. Yeah, you would need to do fire and sound separation, which hasn't got anyway, but... for planning, you don't have to split the title. The title doesn't have to be split for um, planning purposes, for it, for it to be D1 on the ground and C3 above. It's a separate matter. Question is, Yeah. what is the process if we wanted to retain it, but keep it as a dental practice and lease it out for a new business? Yeah, why not? Well, I mean, you could move a dentist into the ground floor, couldn't you? Yeah. And put him on a 10-year lease or whatever. It needs an update it's like right out of the 1970s. Yeah. So would, the, would it be the same as commercial, whereas in the, the leaseholder would pay for the renovation? Or would we look to renovate it, lease it as a dental surgery and then... So that's just down to the deal that you agree with the, the, the tenant that's coming in. Um, often, depends where it is and what it is, but around here often uh, we'll do sort of shell works, we'll get it ready, 
you know, it'll all be sort of screeded and skimmed and then they come in and they do the fit out. That's common. But yeah, you can agree whatever. But the way to work out what you should do and how you should get it, you, you want to get a couple of commercial agents out and say, can we let this? And, you know, what, what do you think the tenants will want to say? Probably best not to go spending a load of money before the tenants there because they may not want you to do anything. Yeah. I mean, the obvious thing is just to change it to flats. The whole thing. Yeah, just turn it to two, two bedroom flats. Right. And then just put that, go on to something as simple as the next one. Yeah. What, what, what do you think of flats worth there? Um, the flats, I'm hoping we're going to look between 100 and 110 mm. for the property. We bought it for 51 and a half. Yeah. And what do you think the rent is on the ground floor? Uh, well, we're you bought it for how much? Uh, oh, right. It's really cheap, isn't it? Where is it? Um, it's just on the outskirts of um, Kevin's uh, uh, workshop where Kevin. Okay, yeah. Cheap then, yeah. It's cheap, it's in a little mining village. Yeah. Even the next village along. Yeah. What do you think the ground floor will rent for to a dentist? Oh, to a dentist, I've not got, not got the... Just what do you... Yeah, no, no idea? Well, I mean, if you're going to spend 85 mm. to convert the ground floor... total. Total. What, you've got to spend some money upstairs. Light refurb. Yeah, like 10. It's so ground floor 70 you're spending. Do you think it will let the ground floor the, as a dentist? Well, there was a dentist there before. So, you know, the, the market was there. That there wouldn't be a dentist there because the Quality Care Commission they, and the NHS England, they don't let you put things like dentists or doctor's surgeries or pharmacies in areas where there's not the demand. Don't they? I don't know. The mum's a GP and she owns her own GP surgery. Yeah. Okay. So I've asked her a bit about this, but she doesn't know whether obviously dentists run. Is, is, is it sort of in a town centre or? No, it's a little village, village location, but yeah. the village next has got another dental surgery in, which is busy. Falls over, which is another town. It's that Dennis Skinner, that isn't it? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Sale as well, yeah. Dental surgery and falls over. Yeah. Is it? Um, I think you need to know what whether there's good demand for the ground floor to put dentist in. Um, so I'd get a couple of commercial agents out. I'd work, I'd get the rent, uh, find out what it will let for. Obviously it depends on the quality of their, you know, them as a covenant, i.e. what's their balance sheet look like and what's the length of the lease and all that. But if you just went on a rough 10%, yeah. So if it was going to rent for 10 grand a year, that makes the ground floor worth a hundred. Yeah. So you just divide it by, you know, it, it'll be somewhere probably seven to twelve percent, I imagine. Yeah. So if you if you take that value and then you work out that and spending, I don't know, ten grand upstairs, what the total building is versus converting it, then you'll have your answer pretty quick. I would have thought. You just need to know what the rent is on the ground floor and whether it's going to be. It sounds like it will be, but whether it's going to be tenanted because you just don't want loads of voids. No, of course. Yeah. Which is, which is, you know, really possible with commercial in the wrong place. Opportunity. I mean, it's really simple for us to convert it, pull all the money back out, pay our investor back. Yeah, nice. I think you need a couple of commercial agents to come out and tell you, yeah, local ones who deal with that stuff. So, like, round here, there's a guy that does most of the retail. There's a guy that does most of the offices. There's a guy that does a lot of the warehousing. You need that individual who's dealing with that sort of medical stuff. Yeah in that area you don't want a sort of surveyor from miles away or something because mm. you, you see what i mean because they'll probably try and ring that guy who does that all day yeah, yeah. yeah. 
it's very local and very sort of use specific yeah we've got we've got a load of dentists on icm it's like a little sort of round table group that rob and i run i think we've got four or five dentists and i'd say two or three of them are doing exactly that and they're they're, they're just rolling them out and then they're they're selling them and they look like good businesses these guys are making really good money yeah and cosmetics they're doing a load of cosmetics now which is like margin good botox and all that. they're doing dentists are doing it all yeah it's a load of money in it isn't it nice oh no you won't get me anywhere near that i'd love to own one of those businesses though <laughs>